live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. I am Steve Cofield. Come on and do it with me. The tight shorts typhoon. I'm like a, a leaf blower. I'm like a wood chipper. I'm like a, a blender on puree. I need you. I am Steve Cofield. 351 pounds, allegedly. Even if he does look like Eric Gregg ate James Tony. Now I'm very angry. With Steve Cofield. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Yeah! All right, let's do it. T.I., hockey game tonight, Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar, Golden Knights down the stretch here. Let's lock up this division. The Blues are in town at the Fortress tonight and tomorrow. Need a sweep, but you come on down here. you got a great menu, massive sportsbook, massive bar area, TVs all over the place, really fun atmosphere. Von Tobel's here. It's Cofield. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. John, do you you uh, you, you let your little guy get baby sat by computers and games and like he's not old enough to be on a tablet, right? Oh no, he like, he has. Well, he doesn't have a tablet. He uses my wife's iPad, but it's really got, it's uh, it's this game. It's like Bimmy Bow, but it's like match shapes to shapes. Okay, and is everything else on the on the tablet locked out? Yeah, like so. I don't th- I don't know if I told you the story of the year. So. There was one day where, you know, we, there's a kid's, there's, a, you, you know, YouTube, right? And you can put him on channels on YouTube and he watches videos. But there was a one point where I'm sitting next to him and the music that I'm hearing in the background while I'm reading, it's like this weird, eerie music. And I look because I'm like, what the hell is that sound? And I don't know if you know what the PJ Masks are, but it's like a Disney brand character TV show, whatever. But he's watching a homemade YouTube video and the PJ Mask characters or, like, getting hit by a car and getting all bloodied up and cut up. Or, like, one of them's on fire. Like, it was just a really disturbing video. So, since then, we have a YouTube Kids one that has parental controls. You can only switch it to certain videos. He gets 30 minutes of screen time, and that's about it. So, it's not more than that. So, he is on a tablet. He knows how to use it. Are you worried that he could figure out how to get to, like, Amazon? Because uh, we had a, a bit of a gaffe. Yeah. A four-year-old bought like three thousand dollars worth of popsicles. So I is that what happened here? It looks like it. Uh, two uh, two point six thousand dollars worth of SpongeBob popsicles with the gumball eyes. Which, by I, the way, those are, are like what are those? What do you mean? And why are they so expensive? Well, I think he bought just a bunch of them. I don't know if they're expensive. But I think he just bought like a crap ton of popsicles. Oh my god! So like we're talking about super cheap, but like a massive amount. Uh, well, nine, know, he bought nine hundred eighteen popsicles. There you go. Like yeah, that's a lot, right? And, you know, just like from, you get from the store or from the, um, the ice cream man, Palatero man, where you get, like, you know, little gumballs in the eyes, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know what I don't get? At least all the apps, right, like the kids' apps and stuff, right, the Bimmy Bow one that I'm talking about for my kid, you have to input your date of birth if you want to then go to the screen to upgrade the package if you want, like the other learning games and things like that. This kid looks a little bit older, though. He's, what, he's four? He could probably perceive, like, this is how I get more popsicles. Whether or not he knows he's spending money, I think he knows where he's going. Wow. $2,618 worth of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles. That's 51 cases yep. of popsicles. 51 cases, 918 popsicles. 
Amazon is not going to refund the popsicles, which is I, actually I don't know why. Wow. <laughs> How about this? They set up a GoFundMe. The GoFundMe's up to six grand. All right, come on. This is a good move. It's going to work out. Actually, they're going to make money on the deal. I was going to say, yeah, maybe well, this come on, Diego. Come on, Diego. Buy something ridiculous. Yeah, take a hit initially. Got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, right? <laughs> take the hit initially and then get uh, $4,000 worth of uh, profit. I'm in. Number four. So at the end of the show on Thursday, Adam Hill and I were talking about the uh, Paul brother Floyd Mayweather outburst down in Miami. You know, there's a big fight, scrum. Jake Paul, Logan Paul is the one who's fighting the exhibition against Floyd. Jake Paul grabbed his hat. Floyd is running around after the the, the fracas, the mix-up, and he's like, I'm going to kill you. They really hate each other, huh? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Is this all a work? Of course it is. You think you think 100% yesterday, 100% it was a work yesterday? I mean, like Floyd didn't lose it a little bit? I mean, I'm sure he, he lost it a little bit, but, like, did he, like, we talk about this all the time. Did he know that, like, the Paul brothers were going to amp it up and do something and all? Yeah, you know. You just, I think, at sometimes you don't know to the extent it's going to happen. I think the McGregor situation, right, throwing the dolly at the bus, it was expected that McGregor was going to be there to try to dust something up. You just didn't know to what level that was going to happen, and sure enough, he took it a little too far. So I, I would say, like, 90%. All right. You don't think that's the – Well, no, I don't think it was with the Connor uh, with the dolly into the bus. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like I think they knew that he one. was going to be there. He, uh, they did not know to what level he was going to take it to. Uh, Mayweather talked to Lance Pugmire, a longtime boxing fight scribe, and like he immediately went into promotion mode, like making it sound like, oh, that, like we know what we were doing. Yeah. Like, all right, I don't know. Your bodyguards, like eight of them, attacked Jake Paul pretty pretty aggressively, and. You were acting like a freaking lunatic in the bowels of the stadium. But he said, yeah, Jake Paul wanted some attention, and he got it, and so did I. I'm not here to count the money in anyone else's pockets. They put in their work on YouTube, and they made a lot of money. Good for them uh, that a lot of people know who they are. Uh, I built who I am with hard work and dedication in the sport, and everyone will see that. So I think he's trying to temper it. Like, I knew what I was doing. But a YouTube star did not get to me. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's all kind of a work to an extent. To an extent. This isn't really real. Uh, Jake Paul went out and got a tattoo, like a little tattoo on his uh, thigh of Floyd's hat. Like, I'm not a tattoo guy. Brilliant. And I guess once you have, like, dozens, doesn't matter. But, like, would you waste space on your body getting a, a picture of a little hat? I mean, I don't know their tattoos very well, but, I like, like, I think the thing with tattoos now is just, like, just get a whole bunch of random stuff, so. Yeah, sure. Man, the savior of boxing. Such a weird thing. <laughs> the Paul brothers. Are you going to pay for this one? I said no about the Askren fight. Yeah. So I'm going to say no again. The what, thing what, is, what would do it for you? Because Floyd, oh, I know uh, yesterday, yesterday Floyd said that he would actually fight both on the same night. I think that would be amazing. In the same, well, oh, not, like, not, no, back to back. Oh, I was like, okay, if he's fighting them both at the same time, like, that would be. Uh, Andre, I'm in. Andre uh, the Giant in reverse. The uh, five six guy against like two six two kids. Uh, they're just like raining punch. Yeah, you could get me on that one for sure. Um, back to back would be awesome too. No, that would be he's cool. forty four years old. I mean, uh, so I'll say I'm going to say no because generally I just don't like Floyd, right? And that's that's why, like, uh, like the Paul brothers. I don't not like them because I just don't know much about them. And I had a hook. You know what got me? You know what the hook that got me in the Askren fight was his body. 
his doughy body at the way, and I was like, I gotta watch this. Like this is this is gonna be ridiculous. And now Bernstein on the call, maybe maybe not getting marijuana smoke blown in his face by Pete Davidson, but like that kind of got me right. But I just I don't like Floyd that much. This doesn't really pique my interest, but like, uh, check back with me. When's the fight? June sixth, the Sunday. Check check back with me that week. We will. Yeah. Number three. Uh, NFL Players Association had a big call. They're still working on this. Hey, are we going to camp or not? These uh, you know these uh, early camps and mini camps, and uh, a lot of players think, hey, you know what? Last year we didn't have to do this stuff. The world still spun, and we played NFL football. Six-minute speech today. Tom Brady jumps on the call, an NFLPL, uh, NFLPA call, um, and he pushed a boycott. They want to modify off-season workouts. Uh, you got rookie mini camps opening up right now. Uh, Brady went on there and gave this impassioned speech, which in- included um, the NFL is the only pro sport with these overly competitive drills during the offseason. Last year showed there's a better way, and he said, quote, there's no effing pro baseball player that's throwing 95 miles per hour in mid-December. I love it. I love it. Super pro union Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. This is great. Except for the raging hypocrisy. What do you mean? Headline, June 23rd, 2020, Tom Brady Buccaneers players hold group workout despite positive COVID-19 tests. Despite multiple members of the Buccaneers testing positive for COVID-19, Tom Brady and his teammates continue to hold group workouts at a Tampa Bay high school. This, of course, after the NFL recommended that, uh, of course, you don't hold those. So, so now we're now we're sticking it to the man, huh? So, what happens if Rob Gronkowski in those workouts tears his uh, ACL? What happens? Well, I think they're going to stop with the workouts. Right. The, he he is going to be united now and 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 stand with everyone else. I yeah, love it. Yeah. Now, come on, stop. He's reached a breaking point. Plus, he's an old guy and doesn't want to do these stupid workouts. Right, but, like, that's insanely hypocritical to go out. Unless I'm misreading this. this this, I'm not a smart guy, and I can't see the nuance in the situation and how it's different. You held private workouts. Those guys risked themselves as well. If they would have injured themselves in those workouts, we would have been in the exact same situation here. But this year, it's like, stick it to the man. You don't give in. This is great. I'm a leader now. Screw you. Number two. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. F*** it. Yeah, we're rolling live video right now on ESPN, Las Vegas, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Cofield, Von Tobel, Angel is down here, T.I., Golden Circle Sportsbook, and Bar. NBA. we got to get to the Lakers here inside of three minutes and what's going on tonight and the, the whole setup for this game against the Blazers. Uh, but down the stretch, we're talking a lot about awards. It feels like Nikola Jokic pretty much has the MVP locked up, and apparently Nick Wright, not happy. And the MVP having to be awarded in some hallway somewhere because he's not playing in round two ain't great. (laughs) And in the macro wilds, when you look at the list of league MVPs over history, I say this with respect to Jokic. He says it with respect to Jokic. Oh, something bad is coming. This is such – I only wanted to talk about this because I wanted Ari to cut these cuts just like this. So with all the respect to Nikola Jokic, Nick Wright says – Historically speaking, he would be the worst one we've had wow. in 35 years. <laughs> Chris Paul wouldn't be. Chris Paul's an all-time great player. 
Yep. Nikola Jokic is having a great season right. and a very good player. But when you look at who's, who's won the MVPs, oh, it's Giannis, it's Steph, it's LeBron, it's Durant, it's Rose pre-injury, it's Le it, and then, oh, N Nikola Jokic. Oh, okay, that must have been a weird season. <laughs> I just, well, I, don't I don't get it either. I just, it's like the, uh, no offense, but you're butt ugly. Like, like, hey, I said no offense, man. Like, I kind of understand where he's going. I think he's going with, like, a star power type of angle, right? And just not wording it entirely correctly. By the way, and I didn't send this in because it doesn't work well for radio. I don't know if you saw, he did a follow-up video on Instagram Live while he was driving home in his car. But he put his phone next to his air conditioning. So all you hear is just, like, the whole time when he's driving home. Oh, so good. Did he do it live, or he decided to publish it after hearing the uh, crapola audio? I th think it was an Instagram live video. Like oh it's boy. like it's clearly sitting in his center console, and he's like driving Oops. home, and all you hear is the air conditioning just blowing into the speaker. Let me do a follow up. Extend an olive branch. Oh, no one could hear it. That didn't work out. Yeah. Number one. Nobody's oh, wrong. Yeah, I'm angry about that. Yeah. Lakers. Biggest regular uh, regular season game. Oh yeah. 100%. Right, so far. Yep, there's no question. They about do it. not want to be in this play-in deal, and right now they're sitting in a tie with the Blazers at six and seven. And, and look, you know, I got to actually on Vsin today with Matt Humans. We had Brian Windhorst on today, and it's always important to point out, like he did, where even if they fall into the play-in, they would be the top-seeded play-in team at this point right now, which means they would have to lose twice. So the Lakers losing twice to the likes of. You know, whoever's in these situations, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, it's probably not going to happen, right? But it would be the drama of them falling to that situation and having to deal with some of those teams. It's absolutely incredible. And it's not like it's not a 0% chance that it happens. But if Dennis Schroeder's still hurt or in medical protocol, if LeBron James is still hurt and can't play in those playing games, statistically the solo Davis teams are not very good. And so, like, there would be a scare put into the Los Angeles Lakers, I think, against the right opponent. Memphis would be a really tough out. Memphis is a pretty good young team. Yeah. And then if you get just one hot night from Steph Curry, are you kidding me? Like, it's not like, ah, uh, you know, even if they make it, they'll be fine. If there, if there's no LeBron, it's very – it's a tough road to hoe. Yeah, I think the Warriors are the team you worry about. Right? Yeah. Now, they would have to win their play-in, right? And then, you know, they have to win twice. But still, yes, absolutely. Steph last night. Was it last night? Yeah. OKC, 118-97. What do you have, 34 or 37? Uh, one of the two. He still had another. He's been on this incredible run with these 30-point games. It's been absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, 34, 6 of 13 from deep. And uh, Draymond Green did play good defense and did post another triple single. So that's good. Uh, Draymond Green, all NBA defensive team this yeah. year. So. But maybe not the defensive player of the year. Well, no, but if you're, <laughs> he's going to be one of the best. He's going to be considered one of the best defenders in the league this year. That's just, still pretty good. Ongoing nonsense <laughs> between you and I over Dr. Dre. Uh, Frank Vogel on LeBron said that LeBron's absence from the Lakers the last two games against Denver and uh, Clippers not medically related. Yeah, like, like you tried to explain this three hours ago to me. It still sounds weird. When asked for the reason James was not present, Vogel said, "Quote: He's just not here." Yeah, not present. Like, he wasn't in the building. He's just he was not at, there. He was at shoot-around Thursday and um, will not be on the road in Portland. The other thing that's weird that LeBron said during the week is the fact that he might not be 
like ever again. And Jay Williams just went ballistic. He was he was stymied by this statement. I think LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. But hearing LeBron talk about this the other day, I quote, I knew I wasn't going to be back to 100. It's impossible. I don't think I will ever get back to 100% in my career. As a guy who played for the Bulls, who's watched Michael Jordan for a long time, I've never heard MJ say something like that. I'll never be back to 100%. MJ just wouldn't say anything. <laughs> every time. Ah, your favorite. It's like every time. Yep. MJ wouldn't eat Cocoa Puffs. He would eat Cocoa Pebbles. Like, what are we doing? You know, the funny thing is, Jay Williams is not old either. Right. Like, he's not Barkley's age. <laughs> right. I do. And I even don't. he's like, back in my day with MJ, like, your day is actually LeBron, dude. Right. I just don't get it, man. It's always going to be the same thing. It's ridiculous. You figure out if I'm hurt or not. I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm hurt. doesn't matter if I'm hurt. I show no me weakness. hurt is still better than you. Yeah. Me hurt is still me being on the court, competing with you, beating your head in, and then afterwards, you know what? Yeah, I wasn't 100%, yeah. and I still won the damn championship. There Wait. he is. There he Wait. is. 40-year-old. Old man. Back in my day, Jay Williams. 40 years old. LeBron is 37 or 36. He's barely older than LeBron. Wait. <laughs> He's but, like, MJ. I thought you weren't supposed to talk about the injury. He just said right there that you talk about it afterwards. But the first clip, he said you're not allowed to talk about it. By the way, LeBron in the NBA Finals didn't talk about it. Remember that year where they blew that game one lead to Golden State? JR forgot the score. He allegedly punched a whiteboard and broke his hand. And then we found out after the series, but then he was destroyed for that. So he didn't even mention it the entire time. But then it was viewed as an excuse. So we're back to not mentioning injuries ever? Yeah, sure. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Athletes are great, and the reason they are great and the greatest of the greats is because they preserve their self-esteem. They preserve their ego. They preserve their self-efficacy. They preserve their self-worth. So LeBron is not doing anything that you haven't done or I haven't done. He's just doing it on a major stage. I feel you, Bron Bron. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. So back on the subject of LeBron and the injury and him not being around the team, that was a Acho. Manuel Acho. Manuel Acho. It's all part of the plan, he's saying. It's also it's it's kind of you know the 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 handicap setting up the story. You know what? If they don't win, what do you want me to do? I'm not I'm not 100. percent Do you think there's some truth to that? That LeBron is trying to control. No. I feel like I you're like no. Well, I feel like, I feel like super people think too much and try to make it deeper than it really is. So like Emmanuel Acho right there. Like, was thinking way too much about this and made this a much deeper topic than it really was. Like, maybe LeBron just suffered a pretty serious ankle injury late in his career and thinks that maybe he's just never going to be 100% again. Maybe that's exactly what just happened. Or maybe he's sipping wine at home and thinking, you know what? I'm going to go out there and control the narrative. And I'm going to tell them that I'm not 100% anymore and I don't think I'll ever be 100% in my career ever again. So was his complaining about the play-in tournament also part of the LeBron controlling the narrative? So when the Lakers go in, they take care of business. They go on to win a championship. LeBron's like, I went through the play-in to win. Did Jordan ever do that? Wow. 
if, part of his legacy. If that, Something Michael Jordan never did. Never, never got through the play-in tournament. If Not that is it, the case, yeah. and if LeBron is doing that, he's got some incredible foresight because he started doing it three years ago. <laughs> he was asked about a play-in tournament three years ago. Quote, whack is what he called it. So if, if that's what he's doing, he's pretty damn good because he thought this through all the way to three years ago. He's like, you know what? Just in case there's a year where my team is ravaged by injury and a pandemic, I think I'll say it's whack now so that when we're eventually in it, I have something to back me up. We've got a massive event coming to town. comes every year. Last year was a, you know, a bit uh, truncated because of COVID, but Lon Kruger brings coaches versus cancer in a golf tournament here. It's coming up May 16th to the 18th. You can contribute at cancer.org, and there's like 40 or 50 college basketball coaches from other, around the country descending on Vegas for a couple of days of golf. Uh, we're going to talk to one of his good friends and one of the best coaches in the country, the Oregon head coach, Dana Altman, is up on Cofield & Company in less than five. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield & Company. All right, so we're uh, passing some thresholds here in Vegas. Capacity opening up eventually. We uh, do what we're supposed to do. We're going to have 100% capacity in July. But that means events are coming back to town. And one of the cool events that's here in Vegas every year is Coaches versus Cancer, the golf tournament, 14th year of the event. It'll be in town over at the Park MGM as they move on or move over from the MGM Grand. And Sanford Health is sponsoring it. bunch of college basketball coaches come in to hang out, play golf, and uh, it's all due to Lon Kruger and one of his good friends and the head coach at Oregon, Dana Altman, is up on Cofield and Company. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, how excited are you to, to kind of get out and you know get out of town, come to Vegas, play some golf, and you know just hang out with friends? Well, I better get out to the driving range first, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm anxious to, to get down and see Coach and uh, all the other coaches that uh, will help us be celebrating. Coach Kruger's retirement, Coach Williams' retirement. Uh, should be a great, great week. That's right. Roy Williams is going to be here. Uh, you know, you initially started the comment by just saying, Coach, when you were talking about Lon Kruger. Uh, for those who don't know about your relationship and how far back you guys go, talk about Lon. Ooh, I went to work for Coach uh, 35 years ago. And um, once you go to work for somebody, I, I think you always call him Coach. Right, and, right, right. Uh, uh, we spent three years together at Kansas State, and uh, and then I went to Marshall and then came back to Kansas State. So Coach has been a great mentor. Coach Kruger has been a great mentor to me for 35 years, and uh, he's someone whose opinion I respect uh, a great deal, and uh, I don't think I've ever made a major decision since I met him without calling him and talking to him first. It's funny. I hear that a lot, that there's a, there are a lot of people around college basketball that – that lean on Lon Kruger, and we'll give him a call. No doubt. Uh, he's so respected uh, across the country. Uh, everybody that knows him, uh, even those coaches who don't know him, I think respect what he stands for and what he's accomplished over the years. Let's talk about the accomplishments. Um, first of all, on, on the floor. I, I think in many ways, because Lon Kruger you know, was not a giant personality uh, that you know the media would – uh, gravitate to. I mean, the people who've covered him, uh, they, they like him, but I want you to talk about his contributions to basketball. 
know, Coach Kruger's not a self-promoter, so you, right. you don't hear much about it. But, uh, you know, he's, he's won everywhere he's been, uh, Kansas State, uh, Florida, Illinois, uh, Las Vegas, and Oklahoma. Uh, he's, he's just a winner and uh, treats people great. Um, once you meet Coach Kruger, uh, you know, you've got a friend. He's uh, just uh, a great coach and an even better person. Were you surprised that he picked this time to uh, walk away to retire? Uh, not really. Uh, he's talked about it a little bit. Uh, you know, he's Angie's got kids. Kevin's got kids now, so he enjoys being a grandpa. Uh, so uh, I didn't know what year it would be, but uh, I was not surprised when uh, when he chose this year. Dan Altman, that's him, Oregon coach, good friends with Lon Kruger and. Lon's got the Coaches versus Cancer Golf Tournament coming back here to Vegas May 16th to the 18th, and Dana Altman's going to be one of the guys in town. And you mentioned Roy Williams. I, you know, talk about Roy Williams a little bit, um, you know, because he decided to walk away. And, man, you talk about a guy who's just uh, just legendary in terms of the winning and his influence across college basketball. It's amazing. Absolutely. You know, he, he led two very tradition-rich programs in Kansas and North Carolina. Uh, he did well at both. And, and obviously the national championships at, at North Carolina. Um, you know, he's, he's had an unbelievable career. And uh, as Coach Kruger, they're both very well thought of. And uh, you know, the way they, they treated their players, the way they uh, treat fans, people, uh, both, both of those coaches uh, are held in great esteem by a lot of people. You know, with uh, Lon Kruger retiring, it's, it's kind of amazing how everything came together here because, you know, he had uh, – he had bought uh, the property, you know, to have a retirement home here on the south side of town. And then, you know, Kevin was, you know, on the UNLV staff. And Kevin loves Las Vegas. And now, you know, everything came together where Lon can retire. And then Kevin's going to be here as a head coach of the Running Rebels. No doubt. No doubt. I'm, I'm sure uh, Coach will be biting his lip, wanting to give a little advice. <laughs> but uh, it, uh, it'll be fun, I'm, I'm sure, for Coach to watch Kevin. Um, Angie lives in Nashville, so you know they'll spend some time there. And uh, but I'm sure during the season uh, he'll want to be at a lot of ball games. What's it like for you, you know, knowing Kevin Kruger as long as you have, now seeing him? He's a head coach. I mean, it's a, time flies, but he's a head coach of a you know a program that has big aspirations and a rich history. Absolutely, I. You know, <laughs> when I met Kevin, I think he was probably four or five years old. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's been fun watching him grow, and you know, watching him as a player, um, you know, and then spend some time overseas playing, and now back as a coach. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's really excited about the opportunity. It's uh, you know, it's a big time job, you know, to cut your teeth on, and uh, I'm sure he'll work awfully hard to get it done. His personality is amazingly similar to. Lon. Kevin says that he's more fiery. We'll see how we'll see how it works out when he's you know when he's in the the mix. Um, what, what do you think of his his personality personality as compared uh, to Lon Kruger? Well, you know he might be a little more fiery out outwardly, but yeah. uh, Coach Coach Kruger, the old Coach Kruger, uh, he, he's he's a competitor now. Yeah. I've, I've I've played one on one basketball with him, two on two, and. Uh, and if you've ever been on the golf course with him, uh, he'll beat you now. He, he wants to win. But, uh, uh, you know, Kevin, 
you know, he'll he'll be his own guy. Uh, every coach, you know, has to be himself. And uh, there's coaches we all try to emulate, and, and because of their success and how well they handle their players and, and that. But uh, you know, Kevin will be his own guy, and there'll be a lot of similarities to Coach Kruger. But uh, I'm sure he'll he'll set his own path. What was the season like for you? And what did you learn from the season? Because you guys had, you know, long layoffs. This was not an easy season to get through. What did you get out of the season, and just how tough was it? Oh, it was it was different. Um, you know, I think it was harder for the players. You know, you you think about college and you know not being able to leave your room and uh, no dates, uh, no going out to restaurants, uh, no movies to go to, no parties to go to. Uh, that's not much of a college life, you know. Uh, my life changed a little bit but you know i still went home to my wife every night uh you know i still had a lot of those things that you know i just felt bad for the guys because it was different then we had two pauses where you know we had nine day layoffs and and then trying to come back from those uh, you know we didn't do very well so it was a crazy year uh we finished strong though won the pac-12 again and uh you know went to the sweet 16 but you know, I was hoping, uh, you know, for a little better like everybody. But uh, it was a, a difficult year for the players. That's, you know, I, I just feel bad for them because I just don't think they had as much fun um, as, as some of the other teams that we've been able to, to have fun with over the years. Yeah, it was, uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, I watched and, I, you know, I cover UNLV uh, basketball sideline reporter on radio. And, you know, I was around Amari Hardy a lot. And, you know, not exactly what he signed up for in terms of the, you know, the ballyhood of college basketball and the experience. He didn't get all of that. Uh, what do you think of, you know, the short time he got to spend with Amari? Oh, Amari really did a good job. Will Richardson uh, broke his thumb before the season, and and Amari had to carry the load uh, the first half of the year, and and he did a, a very good job. He handled the ball. He got the ball to the right people. Um, you know, he struggled a little bit shooting the ball, and and part of that could have been the new system. You know, it just, uh, you know, a different system, you know, and not having time to adjust. Because, uh, like I said, we didn't have the summer to work out. We didn't have much of fall to work out. We didn't have much of a preseason. Um, so I think a little of it was just the different system and what I was asking him to do he just wasn't familiar with. Uh, so he didn't shoot it. didn't have quite the offensive year that I thought he might. But defensively, toughness, uh, all about the team. You know, he did a lot of good things for us in, those, in that regard. He's the head coach at Oregon. Dan Alban is going to be in town uh, in less than two weeks. Coaches versus Cancer Golf Tournament. You know, you mentioned with Amari uh, getting used to the system. My God, with the transfer portal, it feels like 60% of the players in Division One are going to be getting used to the system, a new system. What do you think of what's happened with the transfer portal? I mean, you've, you guys have always been a school that has courted transfers, made it work. So I don't know if it's a shock for you, but – uh, this has been the craziest year with transfers we've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we have taken some transfers over the years, and, and so maybe it'll be a smaller uh, adjustment for us, but it's still an adjustment. And, you know, it's, it, you know it'll settle in after a few years, but uh, the first few years, you know, a lot of programs, a lot of coaches are going to have to make major adjustments. Uh, it be interesting to see, you know, when we, when we get to the season, how many new things you can put in, how basic you're going to have to keep it just with so many new guys, uh, and not a lot of carryover from year to year. So I think it'll change, you know, the way the game's played a little bit. Definitely has changed in recruiting now. Um, but, again, it's, 
uh, a period where all coaches and players will make an adjustment. I think things will smoothen out, smooth out after a couple of years. Uh, let's close on this one. Uh, rule changes being discussed around college basketball. I don't know if you like any of them, but uh, do you want the, the uh, lane widened? Do you want six fouls? Are you in favor of any of this stuff? Oh, <laughs> I'm a little bit more traditional than a lot of guys, so uh, I'm not sure I'm jumping on that bandwagon real quick. Uh, uh, I think the lane's pretty good the way it is. Uh, you know, I I want some inside game, uh, so I I like the game the way it is. You know, I like the three-point shot where it's at. Uh, you know, the six fouls is kind of interesting, um, but... You know, I think our game's in pretty good shape right now, and, and I'm not sure we need to make a lot of changes. That's funny. It's funny you say that. The, the game's in pretty good shape because, you know, we've got a lot of the mainstream media. I'm not bashing on the media just to do it because I'm part of it too, but that, uh, you know, talk about the, the, the bad condition of college basketball right now, and I think it's a bunch of a bunk. And I, I thought this last year was very important, even in a truncated season, that the Pac-12 did well in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, this is a very unpredictable tournament, but – uh, every once in a while, the conference has to have a massive year, and I think for the reputation of the West overall, it was really big. Oh, I think so. You know, there's no doubt that uh, Gonzaga and UCLA, uh, Baylor had the best team, though. I think game in, game out. You look at their season and and uh, and the Big Twelve Conference, how good it was, and uh, so I I definitely think Baylor was the best team, but uh, I think it was an exciting year. Uh, one last thing. Do you guys know what you have in terms of a non-con schedule? Uh, have you put it together yet? Because uh, I wonder what the exposure will be this year, you know, for these crossover games uh, with the West teams. Well, we're we're in Maui. We know that for sure. And, um, uh, you know, we're looking at some different, you know, opportunities. Uh, we'd like to come to Vegas. Uh, I think the date is December 19th. I know the Pac-12 is trying to have a challenge uh, around then. So, it should be interesting. I think we'll have a good schedule. We're supposed to have Baylor coming in, so getting the national champions uh, on our home court will be nice, nice. will be a lot of fun. Good deal. Well, we appreciate the time. I know you're a busy guy, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you here in town uh, around the tournament, or excuse me, the, yeah, the golf tournament, um, and also you know being a big part of what is a great cause too. Coaches versus cancer is is an awesome cause, and Lon has raised so much money. I think the event now is up to like seven million dollars raised. Well, it is, and uh, you know, with great sponsorships, uh, I think Coach is looking to, you know, declare a million dollars this year uh, nice. on its own. So, uh, the tournament definitely has come a long ways. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. All righty, thank you. There he is, Dan Altman, head coach at Oregon. That'll be a big number, million dollars raised mm-hmm. for the golf tournament. Uh, you know, last year screwed everything up. Um, they did some events in between. They actually had a really cool thing with Coaches versus Cancer where they locally you could bid to play with a coach on one of the local courses, so that's really neat. But they're back, Coaches versus Cancer. It's brought to you by Sanford Health. Uh, the host is Park MGM. Golf's going to be at Shadow Creek Southern Highlands, the Summit. It's May 16th to the 18th. You can contribute at cancer.org. Coach is involved. Lon Kruger, Kevin Kruger, uh, Jared Haas at Stanford, Fran McCaffrey. Andy Enfield, old-timers like Jim Harrick. He's a fun guy. I've interviewed him before. Uh, once told me uh, that I had a face for radio, like without hesitation. He sat wow. down. He's like, ah, you, boy, you have a face for radio. I'm like, thanks, Coach. Uh, Sean Farnham on the announcing side. 
Uh, Tim Miles, Garvin McDermott, Tubby Smith, Brad Underwood, Fred Hoiberg, UNLV legend, Reggie Theus, Roy Williams, as Dana Altman mentioned, Matt Painter, and uh, lots of other coaches. And Altman and Kruger go back all the way to 1986, and you can hear the respect that Dana Altman has for him. That, uh, that Maui Classic, by the way, that's, that's a good game, huh? uh, the Baylor game up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Maui Classic is going to have Oregon, Butler, Chaminade host, uh, Houston, Notre Dame, St. Mary's, Texas A&M, Wisconsin. Butler, or Maui Invitational is loaded this year, dude. It's going to be great. Well, Butler got uh, an impact transfer from uh, Eastern Michigan, uh, Gross, who uh, UNLV was in on. So I can't wait. You know I love college basketball, so we've got to wait a couple of months here. But I can't wait to get just back to normal, uh, normal non-con schedule, travel, crowds. Because last year was just weird. It, was a good, it turned out to be a good tournament. And the UCLA-Gonzaga game was one of the greatest games you're ever going to see in the Final Four. But. Yep. Man, I, I can't wait to see how it unfolds with all the transfers. And uh, there's going to be a lot of upper mobility for teams who added a lot of impact players in the offseason. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 1030. It's the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with Dave Koken. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, we got a winner. We've been giving away Vegas Golden Knights jerseys all week long with uh, one of the lucky winners getting the chance to uh, win even more tickets to the Vegas Golden Knights game tomorrow. That's the game at home at the Fortress. Against the Blues and Steve Schnell. Steve, you are the winner. You know you got the jersey. Now you got the tickets, so you're going to the game tomorrow. Steve Schnell, this was all made possible by Finley Volvo. Swedish excellence and world-renowned safety await you at Finley Volvo. Look them up online at finleyvolvo.com. Yep, one of the Cofield & Company listeners. The winner of the jersey and the tickets to tomorrow night's game, Steve Schnell. Schnell, Schnell, Schnell. Good job. Very good job. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I'm a putz. I cut you off from asking uh, Dane Altman a couple of good questions. Sorry, I was uh, I was zoning in. I was being selfish because I actually would have liked to hear about uh, Peyton Pritchard. I forgot all about Pritchard and how well he's done this first year. Yeah. I think very overlooked by many. Yeah. And he, and he was, you know, something that, again, that would have been a great conversation. Um because this Oregon team with, you know, Amari Hardy, and you mentioned Richardson, and they had another freshman, those guys were trying to make the transition at point guard. Well, why that was so difficult, look at the standard that was set by Peyton Pritchard, and now look at what he's doing with the Celtics. Right, and people would look at it and go, like, oh, what, eight points a game, 2.3 rebounds? Like, but he's contributed big minutes. He averages 20 minutes a game as a rookie. He's a 42% shooter on three-and-a-half, three-point attempt field goals per game. Like, He's a, a solid contributor for Boston, and he's also had to remember this is a team that went through a lot of COVID issues too. So, like, that's been the cool part about Peyton's growth is the fact that he was asked to take on a pretty big role early with this team and throughout the season when guys like Jalen Brown go down, Jason Tatum go down for extended periods of time, Kemba Walker. So he, I think he's been an under-key, like, like a low-key really good story, and I'm sure Altman would have had a lot of good things to say about it. He's a big part of his development. God, I got fired up. Sorry. That's right. We'll ask him next time. I got, I got focused. I got focused. We'll get him on. We'll get him on next season, some, sometime during the season. He's good. He'll come on with us. 
That was good, though. It is, it, it's a cool angle because I like listening to it. It is funny to hear, like for me, I, I am a fan of Dana Altman. He's a very good coach. He's one of the best in the country. And for him to talk about Lon Kruger as like like this old man who like, you know, taught him so much and he's like somebody who he clearly like the respect just drips off of all of his answers when yeah. he's talking about Kruger. It's an interesting way to hear him talk. You know what I mean? Uh, Lon is only six years older than Dana Altman. Right. <laughs> but but you know, when when someone gives you your first job, yep. you know, especially if you like them, um, yeah, you know, they could. As he said, he's been his mentor, and I. I the, the thing I've heard a lot about Lon Kruger, uh, repeatedly, is that phone call stuff. That people will yeah. people will call him to get advice, and then there's other stories of, um, like, Lon Kruger just calling up others and going, "Good job." Like, might not even really know them. Yeah. Which, like, who does that? Never called me. Hey, well, hey, John Lon Kruger. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. Don't be surprised if you're if you're if you're out there covering uh, Kevin and, and UNLV, and you will be because you'll be doing. We'll hopefully get back to normal. I think right. it's not even a hope. We will get back to normal because we were doing. Uh, you know, we did. We still did a lot. Some of the Cofield and Company shows from the Concourse era, the Thomas Mac. Uh, I think if we're back to normal, then we'll be out there doing it. And you were hosting the, the pregame for that, so I know you you like doing that. But uh, I do enjoy a, college basketball. I mean, I know you're an NBA guy, John. You don't like college basketball, do you? <laughs> One of my coworkers that's, that's been asking me that question. That's your favorite thing now. You became you became an NBA specialist three months ago. And then, you know, like, <laughs> like all of a sudden, you're Woj. Right. Like, I know you don't watch anything else. Yeah, John. nothing. <laughs> NFL, you're okay, I guess. Do you even watch NFL? How'd you do last year in the NFL uh, ATS? Was uh, it okay? Fifty-five, and I let our points for weekly contributors. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. You beat everyone? Yeah. I mean, there's only six of us that get to the magazine, but yeah. But you'll have people be like, oh, you know, I know, I know you're an NBA guy. Yeah. You follow the NFL? Well, the funny thing is like. Yeah, the, look, up, look at me up in the standings, okay, please? The perplexing look I got when I was like, yeah, I like college hoops. They covered a basketball team for like four years. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. All right, we got Lakers game tonight, but uh, most importantly, Golden Knights with a chance to stretch that lead in the West. It's a 7 o'clock start. You can come on down here, TI, Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar, and check out the game. We're back tonight. We have DC in the sunshine, man. Back every Friday night. Watch up on Twitter and YouTube. We'll see you a little later at 1030.